Welcome to Whole Mother. This is KPFT 90.1 HD1, and I am your host, Pat Jones. Whole Mother is a voice in our community which educates and informs us. There are many decisions to be made out there as a parent, mother, father, grandparent, and uncle, birthing person, friend. Whole Mother believes that we need to always make our choices out of rational thinking. Choices that are made through education and research, not out of fear, especially fear that is imposed by those who stand to gain by our choices. It is hoped that the education you receive on this show will contribute to changing the way we birth and the way we parent. All humans are born good. I've seen more than 3,000 babies come into the world, and I can tell you that there are no bad babies. There are no bad humans. All babies are born exactly the same in their goodness, their innocence, their curiosity, their brilliance, their ability to love and to trust. They are all born the same in their delight with the world. It doesn't matter what country they're born in, what skin color they have, what language they're learning to speak, or how much money is in their family. We are all born with the same goodness. We all come into the world with the same potential. If that's true, that all humans are born without hate, judgment, shame, or jealousy, then where do we learn those qualities if we're not born with them? Whole Mother is here to look at our parenting, which begins in the very first moment, probably at conception. Remember that KPFT is listener-sponsored, and you are the listeners. No corporate sponsorships. That means we bring you information, education that's not funded or sponsored by anyone but you. And we need your help to stay on the air. You can go to kpft.org, or you can call 713-526-5738. I am asking you right now, to hear me tell you that KPFT is listener-sponsored. And the goal of this program is to educate and inform you. So I'm asking you to donate whatever you can to kpft.org. We need $1,400 every quarter to pay for our show. Raising humans is the hardest and the most important job there is in the world. Parents need support and love and correct information to do this incredibly difficult job of raising humans. Recently, I saw a couple of dads. Um, I was at a family gathering and I watched a couple of dads who were parenting uh, their very young ones and they work so hard. They put a hundred percent of themselves into supporting the mom, helping to uh, do their part of parenting. So I, I'm very interested right now in, in helping dads become more supported, dads to be listened to help, supported, loved, 
whatever we can do. So I, I found a guest for tonight that I'm very excited about because he is a men's life coach. This is in our studio tonight is Alex Barrera. Uh, he's a men's life coach. He's passionate about helping men build lasting relationships at home with their wife and their children by focusing on relationships, communication, confidence. As a husband and a father of three, and I want to ask you, Alex, how old they are in a minute, uh, he's aware of the struggles that many men, including himself, face when they enter fatherhood, which is a little of what I saw uh, at this weekend family gathering. Uh, Alex is the co-host of Men of Conviction podcast that talks about things men and Alex and they, that can be found online at the alexbarrera.com. So, Alex, how old are your children? My kids are six, four, and two. Oldest will be seven oh. here shortly, but right now, six, four, and two. Wow, that's great. Tell us their names. Let's do a little shout out to them. Uh, there is uh, Mateo, Michaela, and Max. Max is the tiniest one. Oh, wonderful, wonderful names. That's great. Uh, so we're very grateful to have them also. So first of all, tell our audience about your journey to become a men's life coach. What, how did, how did this happen? So there's, um, I always, I always relate back to this quote. There's a quote from uh, Mike Tyson of all people. He says, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. And so <laughs> I, uh, I, I had, we had our first, our first kid, our son, and I was like, I'm going to rock this, right? I'm going to figure this out. And I, you know, the, the late nights and the early mornings and the diaper changes and the bottles and all that, I was, I was in it. I was like, I got this. And that all went really well. And then when my son hit probably that two, two to three mark and he needed actual parenting, it became less task driven and more parenting driven. Uh, I hit a wall and I was not handling that transition well. Um, we had our second kid about that time and it was just a lot for me. And I just, I found myself just diving into work. Well, I gotta go to work cause I gotta provide for us. I gotta pay the bills. I'm just gonna go yeah. do, I'd be at work till 10, 11 at night. Well, one day and when I was at home, I'd be frustrated or anxious or just upset. And, um, I didn't know how to parent my kids. My wife tells me one day, she says, Hey, we need, like, we need more from you here at home. And I was, I mean, Cause I don't, what do you, what do you want me to do with that? Like, I don't, I'm doing the best I can. And I didn't, I didn't have a, a father growing up. And so I, I told her, I was like, I don't, I don't know what to do. I'm just doing the best I can. What else do you want from me? And she's like, Hey, I'll, I'm just telling you, I have, I have to say this for me. We need more from you here at home. And, uh, what, what I, what I figured in my ultimate wisdom was, well, I guess I need to get better at my job so that I can make more money and be able to, <laughs> function with my schedule better and so i went i went to a counselor and i went in with that idea i was like hey hey man i need help getting better at work i'm too stressed out at work i'm too anxious at work i need to be better in my sales job and well course, that's all you knew <laughs> you knew how to work that's you were good at doing that right and i figured that's if, all you knew exactly and i figured if i could get better at that the rest of it would take care of itself and it you makes know perfect sense being the 
the professional that he was, uh, he he followed me down that path slightly. And he's like, well, let's talk about this anxiety and this frustration and let's work out some of these ideas. And uh, it was almost like it, where did, like a, it was a moment where I was like, where'd this come from? Also, we're talking about my childhood and, you know, no father and adoptive home and all these things. And I was like, well, how do we get over here? I'm talking about anxiety about sales <laughs> calls, you know. But it it opened my eyes. I, I realized what was going on, you know, and I understood at that point. It said that the job is an excuse because I don't feel like I can do what I'm supposed to do at home. So I'm just doing what I can do and giving that everything, but at the expense of my family, not for my family. It's easy to it's easy to get lost in the well. I'm going to work for them. Well, I was going to work almost to avoid them. Yes, and so makes there were perfect sense. You didn't have a role model. You didn't know what to do. And and we, I mean, I spent my whole life, you know, just saying that that was, it just was what it was. I was fine regardless, regardless of what I had or didn't have. Here I was, I made it through school. I made it through college. Here I was, I was married, I had kids. Like I did it anyway, right? So what's the problem? And so working through all of these issues and that that's a hundred conversations in and of itself, but working through all these issues, it opened my eyes to man, I, I almost missed this in a sense. Like, what would the alternative be? Because then when my eyes were open, then it was like, no, this is what's important. This is my home, my family, my wife, my kids. This is what's important. How do I get better at this? And so I I dove in head first into the, the parenting books and the, you know, talking to my wife more and, and working on my parenting skills with my kids. I, I dove into all of that head first, and that was what was important. The rest of it, would take care of itself. It, it, I realized I had to flip that scenario. And what what came of that was I looked around and I started having these conversations with people. I started having real conversations about what I was struggling with, what I was going through, what I was doing to get better. And everywhere I turned, I got a I got an affirmation like, oh, yeah, me too. Oh, yeah, me too. Oh, I struggle with that too. Man, you know, and, you, and what really got me was what I was talking to men that were – way past this stage of life they they have grandkids they've already their kids are growing out of the house their own families and they're like yeah i wish i had figured that out a lot earlier and that's what opened my eyes i was like i was like there's too many there's too many men that are missing this because so many men are growing up without fathers at home too many men are growing up without these skills of communication relationship confidence being taught they're all growing up without these things and so when they get into this role of fatherhood we all got a plan until we get punched in the mouth, right? And a, and a baby crying at 2 a.m., 3 a.m., 4 a.m., and 5 a.m. is a, is pretty equivalent to a punch in the mouth, in my opinion. Yes. And yes. so that's where I was driven to just start talking more, just start being more open, being more available. And that's where the, the coaching fits in. It's, 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 I, I'm willing to have the, the podcast, YouTube, and just put all the information I can't out. But there's going to be somebody that just needs a little bit more than that. And that's where that that comes in, and so that's the the big long roundabout answer of how I got here was I I felt lost and broken and and confused with this fatherhood journey, and I know that a lot of other men are feeling the same way I was feeling, and I want them to know that they can get to this side of the fence too. They're not stuck there, and if it takes if they want me to help them over, I'm I'm more than happy to, and so that's where we got here because I want as many men, as many fathers as possible to be awakened in a sense to the possibility, the opportunity that, that fatherhood is, not the burden that it may feel like at times. 
with everything that I know, uh, it, it, your words bring me to tears. Um, I'm I'm so proud of what you're doing. This is this is life changing for everyone. It's life changing for women who get to see what your struggle is. It's life changing for your children. Um, you're doing really good. <laughs> uh, come back and tell us a little more, though, about some of those struggles that, that that men face. In particular, there were two things you said. One was that you had hit a wall. I bet a lot of men out there can identify with that place of feeling like they've hit a wall. Um, and the other thing I, I heard was the escape. Uh, I, I, I see how many men uh, look to finding the way to escape this because they don't know any, they don't know how to deal with it. They don't know how to do it the way they'd like to do it. So they look for ways to escape it. Yeah. I mean, that's absolutely. And, and those two are very related in that sense that it, it comes down to what you, you don't know what you don't know. And so when you get to that stage of fatherhood and, and this is, I frame it around fatherhood because I feel like that was what creates a big dynamic shift in your life, but it, it's it's significantly related to your marriage as well. But when you get to that point in fatherhood that really requires you to do more than you've ever done, you just don't know. And so what, what you do is you revert back to what you do know. We all, you know, most of us have been working since we were teenagers. And so when we get this challenge that we don't know, this wall of inadequacy in a sense, you don't know how to handle this kid, this, this toddler, this infant, you don't know how to handle this, you know, this wife that needs more from you than you've ever given. You don't know how to handle all these things. You're going to revert back to what you do know. And what you do know is the comfort of your office and your phone and your sales and your emails. And it's real, it's a really easy shift to make because that's important too. And that often for most people is providing for the family at home. And so it's really easy to shift that priority to say, well, I have to do this because my family needs it. But often what's happening is we're masking this sense of inadequacy at home by going somewhere where we feel adequate, where we feel confident, where we feel like Yes. We can be understood and related. And because the 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 job, the business world allows a little bit more, in a sense, like freedom, the rules are more defined. So it's like, oh, yeah, I know what to do here. But you don't know how to do that at home, and so it ends up being avoided. But the problem is I have yet to encounter a problem that gets fixed by avoiding it or ignoring it. And so this just right. becomes this 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 wall that you're avoiding going over. It doesn't go away; it just grows bigger and bigger and bigger. And it's yes. it's a it's a huge problem. And I think part of it too is we live in a society that easily easily adapts or changes our values into what we are told is important, as opposed to what is actually important. Because from an early age, we're all taught to. Right, go to college, get our degree, start climbing the corporate ladder, make more money, get a better job title, get a higher salary, all these things. But we're not often taught about the importance of raising our kids, 
and building a relationship with our wife and building a family. We're not often told of those priorities because those don't provide economic value to society. Right. They don't. In our capitalistic society, they don't make money. No. But but the reality is, is that's what's truly important. Just because it's not valued on Wall Street doesn't mean it's not important. Because what I've learned and what I've come to realize is that there's nothing more important than these relationships at home that are so easily compromised for the values of capitalism. Yes. I think it's important uh, for the audience to hear that uh, it 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 wasn't something that you just saw immediately and you knew just what to do, that you had to walk a path and it wasn't easy. Um, and, you know, what I see is that men don't have any role models about how to be a father. There's no rules out there or guidelines or this is what you're supposed to do. So when they end up with a two-year-old, who's having a lot of feelings uh, and they didn't get to have their feelings when they were two years old. Somebody told them not to act like that. It's very difficult to relate to your two year old who's acting out. Yes, that's, that was, and, and that's not very clear either. In my opinion, that's not a very clear, once, once you know it, like, obviously you understand this. I feel like I understand this. And once I know it, then it becomes, you can see it clear as day. But before you understand this concept, when your two-year-old's throwing a tantrum or they throw their milk off the table or they flip their plate, it can feel, feel very personal. It can feel very, it's very easy to trigger frustration, anger, all these things, but it's not very clear that it's because of those internal feelings of, Hey, you don't get to do that because I didn't get to do that. And that's not right. a very clear distinction that many people understand. And I, and I think that is a, is also a problem because it only leads to more frustration, more anger, more of all these things. And then what's going to happen? That kid ends up being 30 years old with their kid and their kid throws a tantrum. They're like, no, I didn't get to do that. And it just becomes very repetitive. But people don't know that. They don't know that that's why they feel that way. All they know is that they feel that way. And it, right. and if you don't know what you don't know, there's no way to get out of it. Yeah. What's the solution here? Well, the solution, and what I've found, is that it's, it's tied directly to self-confidence. And it's tied to knowing who you are as a person and knowing that your worth comes from yourself. Because... When your two-year-old is doing X, Y, Z thing, whatever it is, and in this, and I say it starts at two, right? It goes through three and four, five, and it keeps going. But when your kids are right. doing these things, going. Yes. yeah, when your kids are doing these things that they're not supposed to be doing, in a sense, which I think that's also an issue, is we we hold our children to expectations that aren't realistic for their age often because we're we're a little misconstrued by the Hallmark movies and what kids do on TV. But that's another maybe conversation for a minute for now. But when our kids are doing these things, the anger, the frustration, the anxiety, the, the yelling, the screaming, all these things are a result of us feeling like it's a personal attack. Our kid is doing this as a personal attack on us. 
We're giving too much weight to our children in that sense. Not because, I mean, not because children aren't worth it. Children are worth more than anything in existence. But our our self-worth, our confidence is not derived from our children. We should be modeling confidence and self-worth for our children. And that comes from us. Because if we're waiting for our kids to validate us, we're going to be waiting a long time. Right. It's not going to happen. <laughs> and so the so I think that's the solution is realizing that mm-hmm. it comes from from you establishing your own self-worth and your own confidence that can only ever really come from you. It can't come from external things. It can't come from your friends, your wife, your family. It can't come from these other people because those are momentary. They're fleeting. If your self-worth mm-hmm. comes from your boss giving you an attaboy – what about when your boss is out of the office or they forget to send you a thank you email? Now your worth is impacted. It can't come from these other things. It has to come from you. And when you realize it comes from you and your child is doing something, you realize it's not an attack on me because they don't they don't impact me in that way. They're just a kid doing kid things. And so and and then very practically too, when your kid is doing Whatever it is, they knock their plate off the table. My my two year old loves to take his plate, look you in the eyes, and then throw it, <laughs> and he just laughs and laughs and laughs. Yes, yes. But very practically, when any of these things happen, I think it's really important for for dads, especially because I think men are maybe a little quicker to anger at times. Is just pause. Don't do anything. Don't don't yell. Don't scream. Don't don't exclaim just don't do anything just pause and the length of your pause will depend on how much you anger you might feel in that moment just pause and then really look at what's going on is it really that big of a deal if they flip their macaroni and cheese on the floor is it really that big of a deal if there's milk spilled on the floor is it really that big of a deal they splash water in the bathroom so really just look at it what is this doing is there any danger involved is anybody is anybody going to get hurt or is it just a mess that needs to be picked up and then really evaluate what your role as a father is. Your role is to guide and teach your children. So everything in life, everything in parenting is an opportunity to do that, to parent and teach and guide. So when something gets knocked over or spilled or is made a mess, it's an opportunity to teach them. Hey, we don't, we don't throw our milk off the table because now we got to pick it up. But it has been spilled. So, hey, let's get the paper towel. Here's how we clean up spilled milk. Here's how we clean up spilled mac and cheese because it's really not that big of a deal and i think that anything short of physical danger to your children can be handled pretty much the same way just look at what's going on and find the opportunity to teach and to guide them now your kids running in the road absolutely immediately start screaming grab them by the collar if you have to and (laughs) yank them out of the street but most things can be dealt with in a in a in a calm manner that enables your child to learn and grow not feel ridiculed and ashamed because of what they did. Yes. Uh, another solution that I have seen in in the work that I've done is uh, finding a safe space with a safe person uh, and being able to have the feelings that you weren't able to have when you were two or eight. Uh, be able to express that, to be able to do the yelling or the screaming or the stomping or the throwing <laughs> with somebody that understands that I'm just having those feelings that have been triggered in me because of what my child just did or has done. And now I'm having those feelings. And, you know, sometimes getting to have them 
even though it's 30 years later, is can be very healing in order to um, be able to look at the situation and and say, this is what's really happening. Absolutely. I, I find a, a lot... In a uh, calm way. Yeah, and I, I find a lot of almost relief, in a sense, in letting my kids have those feelings. Yes. Uh, almost, It's almost like by proxy, but just knowing that my kids have a... <laughs> knowing that th- my house is a safe space for my kids brings me a lot of yeah. joy and peace. And so in those moments when they are yelling or screaming, my six-year-old a month or so ago, I forget what I told him he couldn't do or had to do, and he's like, I hate you. And I, I got to tell you, Pat, I smiled so big. <laughs> I mean, in, oh, because, it, perfect. because it was like in yes. that moment, I knew he. this is his home, and he feels safe yes. here, and he feels comfortable here. You knew just what he was feeling. Would yes. I prefer him yell... I would. Would I prefer him not to yell? I hate you at me. Absolutely. <laughs> but in that moment, it was I because again, it's not a. It doesn't impact my self worth. That's not where it's coming from. So when when I see him expressing himself, I know that the words or the expressions or the language is going to change and evolve. But what is really going on is that he felt comfortable to be himself right. and let these emotions out. And and then later That's I said, exactly "Hey, right. I said, hey, you told me you hate me earlier." He kind of smirks and looks away. It's like you re- you really hate me. He's like, "No." I was like, "Because I love you." And he's like, "I know." I was yeah. like, "No, I really love you." He's like, "I know." And I'm like, you know, he's sick, so I'm hugging him and and tickling him and all that. Yes. But but there's so yes, I think that having a space for you to express that is 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 yeah. truly beneficial. And I think being able to see or realize that your kids have that space now. Can, can be very, very fulfilling as a parent. Yes. You know, one thing I'd, I'd like to say to the audience, um, just to reinforce what you've said, is that if you notice that your children go off to see their, their grandparents or they go to school or they go to daycare or whatever, and, and they don't have any problems, they, they don't act out, they don't do screaming, they they act like just perfect little kids and then they come home and now it's like, oh my God. And I think it's really important for parents to understand just what you said. You've given them the safety at home that now they get to have all those feelings. They get to be how they're feeling uh, because you created that safety. So, you know, it's such a good sign that you're doing great parenting. <laughs> you're doing such a good job that you've created that safe space for them. Because most of us didn't have that safe space. You know, we had to find other ways to have our feelings. It wasn't safe at home. That's that's a, a recurring a recurring topic that comes up in many conversations is, is yes, mo- many people did not have that. So it, and I think that's what's really interesting too, is because you don't know that. Like people don't, most people don't know that. They don't know that they didn't have a safe space. It's just like, well, this was my childhood. Is what it was, right? You know, especially it's like, well, I didn't get, I didn't get abused. I didn't get hit. I didn't get these things. I, so I mean, it was safe enough. I had a house. I had food. But there's a lot of other aspects of of life and childhood and growing up that you're not told that you were allowed to have or that maybe you right. should have been allowed to have and, and not to you needed to scream and you couldn't. Right. That's sometimes you just got to scream. Sometimes that's what you got to do. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. And not many of us had a safe space for that because our parents didn't understand. They didn't have the information that we have. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, well, let's talk a little bit about your partner. Um, how can we be more supportive as men uh, and improve our relationship with uh, the mother, the wife, the partner? I think the most important thing you can do is is listen and and not simply hear, but really listen. There was there was a a time during the much rougher part of my 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 life those like you know those, that year or two a couple of years after after having a kid where my wife was essentially begging for help and I wasn't hearing her and so when I say you have to listen it may not always be as direct as you would like it to be as men it may not be as direct as you would like to be asked but you have to really listen to what's being said. My my wife would tell me all the time, there's just so much to do at home. There's just so many things to take care of around here. There's just so much, you know, looming over me. And in my infinite wisdom, I would say, oh, well, just don't worry about it. Let's just, let's just come sit down, you know, because I'm, I'm at work all day. And so when I come home, I want time to relax and, and recharge. And, and I just... Hey, just come sit with me on the couch. Just watch, watch TV. Don't worry about the dishes. Don't worry about the laundry. And what what I failed to realize was that I wasn't helping any. I was just telling her she could do it later. And so when you're when you right. when you listen, you really need to listen to what's being asked of you. So what I realized after doing a lot of growth was that when she was telling me all these things were weighing weighing her down, she was asking me to help her. And so instead of just saying Hey, you just do that later. It was, oh, well, it only takes 15 minutes to empty the sink out and get all these dishes cleaned. So why wouldn't I not? Why would I not go help my wife with these things? It only takes a little while to fold up a basket of laundry and put it away. Why would I not go help with these things? And then we can both relax instead of us spending all the, instead of us both relaxing, air quotes, relaxing when my wife is completely burdened by all these things to do around the house. How do I find ways to help her? And so you only do that by listening. You have to listen to what's being asked of you, what's needed around the house, what's needed around your home, what needs to be taken care of. Um, and then after that is communicating in a sense. But what, what I mean is really speaking out loud. Like don't keep all these thoughts and feelings to yourself. Share them with your your partner, your wife. You guys are in this together. So put it all out there. Tell her what you're, you're wishing for, what you're dreaming for, what goals you have to set. Have these things you're working towards together because and, – and what's bothering you too, you know, what's bothering you, what you're working on, what you're growing towards, just share it. Just share it with this person that you're sharing your life with because otherwise it's just, it's just weighing you down. And then there's something really different between verbalizing thoughts and letting the thoughts burden us in our minds. I, I think that they – they legitimately, literally feel different. I think it impacts us differently when we've vocalized something to somebody else versus just letting us stew on it. Yeah, exactly. You know, one of the things that I recommended to uh, my clients was uh, to take a few minutes every night, uh, whatever you can, one minute, five minutes, whatever, and each of you talk about what's been hard in this day. Uh, and that could look like 
crying about it or screaming about it or uh, venting about it, but to tell each other, you know, without interrupting, without referring back, just so you could hear each other uh, describe what what was hard today. And I think the the men listening can probably learn from this. You don't always have to offer a solution. Sometimes your wife just wants to be heard. And your wife is a exactly. very capable person. She can she can often take care of herself. Sometimes what she's looking for is just opportunity to vent, like you just said, just get it out. And so yes. really yes. that's where listening plays into just listen. And and if you feel there's an opportunity for you to help, but what, what I keep in my back pocket when I after I'm listening, no interrupting, but afterwards it's hey, do you want any help with that? Can I help you with that? Or did you or did you just want to share what's going on? You'll usually get an answer. No, I'll take care of it. I just wanted to share what's going on. Or, yeah, I really just don't know what to do yes. next. Yes. There there aren't many safe places out there for the mother or the father to really talk about how hard this job is. Uh, there's not a lot of support in our society for uh, venting what's hard about being a parent. So we, we have to do it with each other. And it helps each other then to know what's going on. Yeah, and that's that's really important. I found in those those early stages of fatherhood, and and of course in turn motherhood. But when you bring a new baby home, there's a lot going on, and creating that safe space to be there for each other, to to vent and share and ask. You know, just it's super important because there's just so much going on. It's hard to maybe a flip of that. It's really easy to lose communication during that stage of life. And it's almost the most important stage of life to have communication in. So it's it's it takes it, it's worth the effort of making sure communication is not only existing, but improving during those those seasons you go through. Yes, really, really important, I think. Otherwise, we don't know what's going on with each other. And I think we also, both of us, I think, have uh, a, a sense of shame sometimes about my feelings about how hard this is to be a parent or my what I haven't done or what I haven't contributed uh, to being a parent. There's just lots of feelings that we might not want to uh, really acknowledge uh, which is really important to share with each other. That's absolutely true. Yeah. Because in personally in my home was there's the, the dynamic right where I'm going to work all day with my wife's at home with kids all day. And so without the communication, it's really easy to be like, well, I can't, I can't say that to my wife about the house. Cause I was at work all day. And my wife's like, well, I can't say that to him about what he needs to do now. Cause he was at work all day and nobody says anything to each other. <laughs> and then things just get, right. Things just get worse on on the on the end of each party when the reality is you guys can communicate and work together towards whatever because the goal is the same. You know, if you if you and your wife are in partnership in union, the goal is the same. The goal is for a happy, healthy, functioning household. So all the things that you want and need are working should be working towards that. All you got to do is share it and make sure you're working towards the same thing at the same time in the same manner. Right. We we all want closeness and connection with each other, especially in a partner relationship. We want to feel close. We want to feel connected 
We want to feel we're in a partnership. And we can't do that if we withhold what's going on for us. Yeah, you can't work from two islands at the same time. It's not as <laughs> it's not as uh as impactful. Right. Uh, any other tools for improving communication uh, with your wife that uh, I, we haven't talked about? I would say there's some some kind of practical hands-on tools that, that can be used. Um, we utilize a shared calendar in our house. Um, oh, we have a nice. refer, like a physical refrigerator calendar that sits right there in our kitchen. And we also have a shared calendar connected to our, our phones. Um, we have a shared notes section on our phone so we can type things that we need to talk about or things that we want to play in or things that we're working towards so we have that in there um and then another one is Very just good <laughs> another one's just having a visible space for for notes um we sometimes just write on each other's mirror with a dry erase marker i have friends that have, have a, a dry erase board and so that's just very physical practical tools you can have to make sure that things get um, not acknowledge or talked about. I mean, even to the point, like if there's something really important you need to discuss or you're trying to talk about like finances or vacations or, or birthday party, I mean, set them as a meeting on your calendar. The same way you have a meeting when you go to work, it's, you have to have your, your, you have to be at, set them at home. Hey, at seven 30 on Tuesday night, we're going to talk about our budget at 8 PM on Thursday. We're going to talk about our trip to Colorado. Just make them events as you do. in in, in, kind of the professional side of your life, handle that for your personal side so they don't get forgotten about, not to treat them as business, but so they don't get missed and overlooked. Very good. Those are excellent ideas. Yes. Um, tell, say a little more about the balance between your work and your parenting. Any words of wisdom about how to balance that, especially for men? I think the really important thing is to figure out what's going to matter in five years, 10 years, 50 years. Like what's really going to matter? Is it going to matter if I sent one more email at the office or if I went to my kid's soccer game? Which one's really going to be impactful in the long term? When you when you get to the – none of us know when our last day is going to be on this earth, right? But when you get to your last day and you look back – what things are you going to wish you spent your time on? And that's not to say don't go to work. Obviously, there's there's an importance in work, and there's work has its its purpose in providing for our families, and we have to have our needs met, our food, our shelter, our lights, and our water, right? But where's the importance being given to the family side? Um, and and I would allow some grace for. I mean, I don't count the hours. I I don't think that it's a that's not a winning strategy to count the hours spent here and the hours spent there. But when you're somewhere, be present. So when you're at work, be at work, be all in. Don't don't make your day take twice as long because you were scrolling on Facebook instead of sending out emails or phone calls. But then when you're at home, be at home. Don't miss bath time because you're sending emails at nine o'clock on your cell phone. Like just be present, be there. And so I think the balance between work and, and, and home is not necessarily an even scale. I don't think you're trying to balance out hours spent here versus hours spent there, but being fully present when you're there and, and really evaluating where you have more control over your, your time or your ca calendar, or your schedule. Do, 
do I really have to miss trick-or-treating because of this meeting, or can this meeting get pushed to tomorrow? Do I really have to miss gymnastics practice because of this phone call, or can this phone call wait till tomorrow? And one one tip I would give for the work side of this is is just be honest with people. I, I mean, the phone might ring here before, you know, the phone might ring at the office before I leave, and rather than just let somebody go to voicemail, I might pick it up and just say, hey, what's going on? What do you need? And they'll tell me. It's like, okay, well, how about this? I got to run to my kid's soccer game. And so I know what you need. Can I make a note and call you first thing in the morning? Most people are humans just like you are. And so if you really are clear and you communicate and you're honest, you can typically get things to fit where you need them to fit. I, I think it's really easy to fall into the trap of trying to make it all work on your side of things. Like you were trying to play puzzle master in a sense. Yes. <clears throat> but I think that being honest, communicating, prioritizing what's most important to you. I, I think that's kind of the key to it all. I think that's what, where you find a lot of success in that. Yes. That's really, really good. Uh, I hear uh, a lot of men, and you kind of already answered this, but I'd, I'd like to uh, maybe reiterate some things here, is I hear so many dads uh, say that their needs are not getting met, uh, that they're completely ignored, that they feel uh, they're alone, they're lonely, they're isolated. Uh, the wife is so busy with the kids, she has no nothing for them. How can they, um, what would you recommend for the guy that feels like none of my needs are being met? The the first thing I often bring up in that scenario is really being honest with yourself. Like, not ignore how you're feeling. That's not, it's not ignoring of that, but it's, let's really put pen to paper on what's going on. And because I think sometimes we can, sometimes I think our feelings may cloud the reality. And so not that, that, not that you aren't feeling lonely, but why are you feeling lonely? Is it, let me back up just a second, specifically in those early years when you have young kids, everybody's really busy. You're really busy. You're really busy. Your wife's really busy. The baby needs a lot of attention. And so it might feel like. You're not getting attention, but where's the time for that? Maybe the maybe what you're looking for, maybe this relationship you're looking for just looks a little different right now. Maybe your wife's just really tied up with this brand new baby. So maybe your opportunity to, to build relationship and find fulfillment comes from doing the dishes and folding laundry. Later, when your kids are a little bit older and there's more opportunity. I, I think there's a there's a real need to figure out where you're putting in the work. Um, we never spend any time together. My wife is never doing anything for us. Well, where's the opportunity for you to do something? Is there an opportunity for you to plan a weekend trip, a three-day weekend, a trip to the park, a trip to dinner, whatever it is? Can you hire the babysitter and plan something for you all to spend time together? Maybe everybody's just really busy, right? And I think another aspect that gets really often missed is men need relationships with other men, whether it's at church, whether it's your kid's soccer game, whether it's the school activities. Find opportunities to build relationship. 
because nothing's going to happen by accident. And so this feeling of loneliness is is a very real feeling, especially when you're spending a lot of 3 a.m. nights rocking a baby in a in a dark living room. It's really easy to feel lonely. You really need these other people around you that are going through similar things or have gone through similar things so they can, in a sense, validate you, but listen to you, be there for you, share their their experience, what worked for them, what didn't work for them kind of let you see the light at the end of the tunnel as well. And so this feeling of loneliness is, is, is real. And, you know, we're in the middle, we're at the end of the middle of a pandemic. I'm not sure where we are in this anymore, but there's a, there's a real issue with loneliness. That's just kind of a, what I feel is like a blanket over our society and it impacts men. It impacts women. It's impacting everybody because everybody, everybody's being forced into almost like a silo. We're all kind of being put in our own little place, our own little bucket. And I think men really easily feel this because your time is so precious. It's hard to find or make time for relationships with your wife, with your kids, with your friends, especially after you have kids. A lot of things change. A lot of your relationships change. The people you grew up with are are probably long gone by now after you got married. The friends you made while you're married are probably gone now because you're so busy with kids. Everybody's split up and in a hundred different directions. And so all of a sudden you find yourself alone. And men, I don't think yeah. do, they're not the best at making new friends, <laughs> you know? So these feelings of loneliness can be very real, but I think it's important. Evaluate what's really going on in your home. Evaluate where you can, where you can take the lead on creating opportunities for time together, whether it's with your wife, with your friends, with whoever, and really be intentional about creating community. Find these guys because they're we're all they're all over the place and we all feel the same way. So go find these guys in your area, in your neighborhood, in your church, at your your kids' school, wherever it is, and be intentional with building these relationships. And and it's gonna feel awkward and it's gonna feel very one sided and it's gonna feel like, man, why am I the guy that's gotta do this? Someone's gotta do it. Because Otherwise, we're all going to be stuck by ourselves. And so these feelings of loneliness can be overwhelming. They can feel very burdening. But you you have to figure out how to get past them because nobody has to be alone. And you shouldn't feel alone because you're not alone. There's somebody that's out there going through the same thing you're going through. You just got to go out there and find them. Yes. Excellent advice. Really good. Yes. Um. Where do you find patience in parenting? How do you find that when you feel like you just can't? <laughs> which we often, which we often feel like, I think. Um, yes. The mm-hmm. uh, the patience in parenting, I think, is really going to come from defining who you want to be as a parent. The defining the relationship you really want to have with your kids down the road. It's really easy to separate your two-year-old now versus the 16-year-old you're going to have, the 24-year-old you're going to have, and think, well, I'll have time. But that person that you're going to meet a decade from now, that's the same person you have in front of you right now. They're just a little younger. But whatever's going on right now, that's who you're building, in a sense. That's the relationship you're going to have. You you said it earlier, and I... I don't think it could be any more perfect. Parenting starts, relationship starts, I mean, the minute they show up. Yes. That nurse hands you a little baby and it's game on. Yes. It, it's really easy to fall into this trap thinking like, well, I'll have time later to build a relationship with my 
son with my daughter. But it starts right now. And I think when you realize that, a lot of this other stuff falls into place. And so if you want to build relationship with your children, what's going to get you there? Is it going to be the yelling, the screaming, the spanking, the, you know, get out of my face, go sit in your room? The threats, the fear, the anger, is it going to be those things? Because I don't know about you, but I don't want to spend time with people like that. And so your children have to spend time with you. So they're going to figure out how to adapt. But one day they don't have to. One day they're not going to have to stay in your home. And so when you realize who you want to be as a parent, the relationship you want to have with your kids down the road, that patience is going to come from wanting to build something real with your kids. And it's tied to, we talked earlier about the confidence thing. It's tied to the confidence as well, but really define who you want to be as a parent. And there's a lot of labels today in parenting. Everywhere you turn, there's another new parenting style, new parenting technique. But I think really what you're trying to do is lead with love. Everything you do in parenting should lead with love because love is going to be what builds these relationships. And so if you're having trouble with the outburst, the anger, the yelling on your side as the parent, really take a step back and say, is this who I want to be? Is this the relationship I want to build with my kid that is going to get us where I want us to be at 16, 18, 21, whatever it's going to be? And if not, really figure out how you can make those adjustments. And it might just come from practice. You might just have to, like I said earlier, just just don't do anything. If you if the first thing you do with your, your kid is yell, the next time just don't do anything. Just do everything you can to not do anything. Because a lot of things in parenting too, they can feel they can feel very pressing and very imminent. But we can teach lessons later. Let's just allow this to not be a bad memory and that'll give us opportunity to fix it later in a sense. We can always teach lessons, we can always model lessons, but if we if we allow this moment to be a moment of regret, it's really going to limit what we can do later. So in a sense, how do you find patience in parenting? Figure out what kind of parent you want to be, what relationship you want to have with your kid, and then work backwards. And you're going to find that patience and love are kind of the foundational attributes for that, in in my opinion. I think that's what you're often going to find. Yeah, it's very good. The only other thought I have about that is uh, figure out what I'm going to do with all these feelings I have. How am I going to deal with this? Uh, what do I need to do? It's either find a safe place to vent it or write about it or uh, talk to somebody about it. But I have to get rid of all those feelings I have that came up. You know, they're usually left over from a long time ago. Yeah, and, and guys will benefit immensely from building those those brotherhoods and being able to share that there because every dad's going through the same thing. I can promise you that yes. we're all having the same feelings and frustrations. Like my kid is six. Why can they not, not spill their drink at dinner? But that's not for your kid to hear. That's not for That's not to put on your kid. Right. Keep that to yourself and go share that somewhere else. But like, yeah, no, mine does it too. <laughs> yes. That helps so much. Doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, well, say a little bit about that. Um, kids don't come with manuals. Yeah, this is something that I've I've been thinking about. It's something you often hear, right? Oh, they don't send you home with an owner's manual when you when you take your kid home from the hospital. And that's true. They don't. But I think it's kind of a cop out. 
I think that it's really easy for, for guys, for men, for dads to fall into the, well, I don't know what I'm doing. They don't come with a manual. If you want to get better at something, there's someone that can help you get better. There's some resource that can help you get better. What I what I learned when I came through that when I broke through that wall of not knowing how to parent, there's a lot of really smart people that have written some really great books. And so it may not be a three sixty five, you know, eighteen year calendar for you to flip through one day oh, on day two hundred and seventy two, do this. On day four thousand you know, it may not be that simple, but I promise you there's a lot of information out there that can drastically improve your parenting game. And so, yeah, kids may not come with manuals, but that's not an excuse to hide behind because there there are infinite number of resources to get better at parenting, to get better at raising your kids, to get better at educating, to guiding and teaching your kids and to eliminate these fear and anger based tactics that have been far too prevalent in parenting for far too long. And so I think it's time that we leave the kids don't come with manuals anecdote in the rearview mirror. Very good. Uh, you are doing just amazing, incredible, uh, wonderful work out there. Would you tell the audience how they could reach you? Yeah, so I am kind of all over the place online, but you can find me at thealexbarrera.com. That'll take you to my social media profiles, uh, Instagram and Twitter, where you'll find me most often. Um, I'm also, I have my, my podcast hosted on YouTube. It's Men of Conviction. Uh, if you go to YouTube, you can search either my name, Alex Barrera, or Men of Conviction, or both. You'll find my channel there. And then our the podcast is available anywhere you listen to podcasts, Apple, Spotify, and, and a long laundry list of, of podcast platforms after that. But main place, thealexbarrera.com. That's the... A-L-E-X-B-A-R-R-E-R-A.com. Very good. Um, we have just a few minutes left. Uh, what would you like the community to know? What advice do you have out there for uh, people who, grandparents or friends or neighbors or women, uh, who would like to support men and, and fathering? I, I think... I think it's really important to know that it's, it's, I always relate it back to, I think of this, this anecdote that um, you never know when to take your cat to the vet because they never say anything. Cats don't show you they're sick. And I think men kind of end up like that. They never let it show that they're hurting or struggling. And so I think what's really important for the community is just be not only just be there, but be involved, ask questions, be available, be a sounding board, and do it without judgment. And and so when when you do get a dad to share what he's struggling with, don't don't silence him with shame. Oh no, I you know I understand, you know, or have if you can suggest a book or suggest a podcast or suggest a YouTube video, whatever you can get them to engage with. I think what's really important is just know that a lot of men are struggling with this fatherhood endeavor. This this journey into fatherhood and a lot of them are struggling in silence. They don't know who to talk to because, because they've so often been shut down on their feelings and their emotions and their concerns or their feelings of inadequacy. They don't, or they may just not know what to say. Like we talked about earlier with getting so frustrated when your when your kid throws a tantrum, you almost don't know why. And so it's really hard to vocalize that. 
And so I think for the the community around, it's just be available, be there, do it without judgment, do it without shame. And then for the other men that are, I guess, not struggling, the ones that have figured it out and made it, just engage, just be available to one another, build community, build relationship, and and don't allow the men around you to be suffering in silence when you have an opportunity to make yourself available to them. And what about the wife? How could she best support her partner? Uh, I think it's really important for for wives to communicate what the needs of their home is uh, and and do it almost more directly than you would like to do at times. And that doesn't mean do it callously or, or aggressively or in a mean manner. But, you know, not to put this on my wife, but I, I think that there's opportunities where she could have asked for help with direct chores earlier. And, and I'm not taking the blame off of myself. I could have figured it out as well, too. But if you need something, ask for it. If you see an opportunity for improvement, give that advice, give that, give that encouragement Often not in the moment. It's not usually the best time to do it, but maybe when there's a calm moment after the fact. But just be available, be encouraging, and and be willing to point out the opportunities for for growth in moments where there's peace and calmness, not in the moments of frustration and anger. Yeah, Alex, you're doing great work out there. You're changing the world. Thank you so much. Tell the audience again how they can reach you. Uh, you can find me at thealexbarrera.com. Very good. Thank you for being on Whole Mother. If you want to contact us, and we're always pleased to hear from you, our address is wholemothershow at gmail.com. If you want to contact me personally, please feel free to email me at birthcare at AOL.com. You can listen to this show and many other great shows on wholemothershow.com or at kpft.org archives. Thank you to our engineers, to EJ, to Eric, to Edward, for all the support you give us to keep the show possible. Thank you out there for listening to Whole Mother. I'm Pat Jones, and this is KPFT Houston, Houston Community Station.
you fall.